I took a trip to New York City for a RevOps co-op event last spring, and I remember it well because it was at a location in NoHo that 18 years ago used to be the office that I walked into every day for my first summer internship. It was a place called Black Book Magazine. Anyway, fast forward to 2022, and that's where I met today's guest. Bethany Stachenfeld is the CEO and co-founder of SendSpark. It's a better loom. It's brilliant for video communications with customers and fills a hole nicely for async communications with teammates in, in different time zones. We're quite pleased with it here at Casa Salesbricks. Stick around and get to know Bethany a little bit differently. Vamos! Wouldn't it be nice if you could just have a customer sign the contract right away? No more back and forth to figure out whose name goes where, who signs this, who signs that. Wouldn't it be nice to not have to sit on your hands once that DocuSign gets fired up? Because who knows when they'll have time to get to it. Why not just have the customers sign an app? Oh, that's because it didn't exist until this week. Easy Sign by Salesbricks is the easiest way to get customer signatures on sales contracts, period. Sell more without waiting around. Get with Salesbricks today. Bethany. Welcome to Salesbricks Studio South here in sunny Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us on I'm Not Selling You Anything. I'm especially pleased because you've been in our corner right from the start. One of our first two or three customers when we got going a year ago, and I'm just so happy to have you on, Beth. Well, I'm a big fan of Salesbricks, and I'm happy to be here. Great. Do you want to jump into it? Yep, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Bethany, what is your superhero origin moment? You looked at the world one way, then something happened, and that moment has led you to where you are today, professionally or personally. Okay, I think I kind of disagree with the premise of the question a bit, just because there's so many magical moments that all lined up perfectly. But one thing that I was just reflecting on recently that I think is like very apt for what's going on in the world, one thing that changed my life, I guess now four years ago, that wasn't something Something I was expecting, but I was actually laid off my last job. And so it was kind of like before that, I'd say I was on the perfect track of doing everything right, getting good grades, going to good college, getting a good job. And for the first time ever, I was completely free with a bit of severance to do what I wanted to do. And that was really cool because it let me take a step back and think, okay, if I could do anything with my time and I have severance coming in, what am I going to do? And of course it was link up with my prior coworker, Brandon, and start a company. So I really opened a lot of doors, but wasn't necessarily the path I would have chosen for myself. I like that. The house burned down and you took the ashes and you built something cool out of it. It's not like you woke up one day and said, this is what I want to start. It happened because, well, what you were doing in the time at the moment was no longer happening. And you're like, well, I, I kind of got a little bit of money coming in. Do I want to get a job right away with some other company and let this kind of extend my runway a bit, let that severance last a while? Or do I just dig in and build my own thing? And you went the hard route. And that's really impressive. Exactly. And for a while, I'd been thinking about starting a company, but it's like when you're standing at the top of the cliff, <laughs> you're thinking, this would be a good time to jump off a cliff. The answer is never going to be yes. But if someone pushes you off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. So the layoff was the push. Yeah. So your superhero origin moment was getting pushed off a cliff. And before you hit the ground, you realize that you actually have flying powers, the ability exactly. to fly. You just dove right into SenseBar. 
Very cool, Bethany. We're going to jump into this next one. This one's specific to you. Saw that you were at the New York Startup Guild event in Brooklyn with us back in October. I know our boy Steve Ruiz did a lot of work on that one, a lot of legwork, and it was a great event. My question to you, Bethany, how does the New York tech scene feel these days in the face of all the turmoil in the markets? Are people still out there with smiles on their faces, or is it mirroring the weather a little bit and starting to gray? Yeah, well, I think there's definitely a little bit of selection bias where the people out are maybe in a better spot than the people who are just in grinding away. Because I can say from personal experience, I have not been out much since that event, which was wonderful. Thanks to Steve for putting it on and thanks for having me there. But yeah, I think people are working and trying to make the most of the time that we are currently in, not knowing how things are going to go. I will say, I just went to an event on Monday though that was absolutely amazing. It was by New York Founders Club and David Cancel spoke. There were definitely a lot of people there who are excited to learn from him because David Cancel is amazing. But I'd say- Less people out and about than when you were here in October. Less people out and about. That makes me a little bit sad because there's a lot of energy in New York for the tech scene. And I know I don't live in New York anymore, but I visit often. And obviously having Steve there, I do live vicariously through him and he goes to a lot of the events. And I hadn't posed this question to him directly, but I think I will one day. Some soon. other people might have a different answer too. I'm just Some people might have a different answer, right? There's people who are at different stages of their company. Maybe a fundraising stage, right? Maybe you, you want to start thinking about fundraising, you're out there a lot. Yeah. You're out there, you're meeting, you're networking. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I, that being said, there's something to say about community where even when things are hard, it's like, okay, we're working double, but maybe working means going out and leading on community and meeting more people and trying to make things happen in person. So I think, yeah, that's going to be unique to what are you trying to do? If it's fundraising, you're out and about, if you're selling and selling in person, you're out and about, but you know, there might be a lot more. Driving. I think it's a good point about kind of being around the people that are also in the trenches with you to commiserate talk about kind of what's going on instead of like just staying in your apartment and toiling away, looking up and realizing you've been there for 10 hours and you can't see straight anymore. Maybe it would be good to get out. Thank you so much for that answer. We're going to jump over to this next one. Bethany, what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? Okay. So just absurd thing I love. And I might say this isn't that absurd because I love it, but I have very weird taste in animals. I grew up with a pet lizard and multiple pet rats. And so I love lizards, rats, most reptiles, anything cute and cuddly, which I think by my definition, cute and cuddly could be different than someone else's. It is very different, Bethany. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that a lizard or a rat is cute and cuddly. They both are. Lizards are great because they're sticky, you know, so you can just put it on you and it just likes your body heat and snuggles right in. And rats will like snuggle into anything. They love burrowing. So like you can hold one in your arm and it'll burrow into the neck of your arm or like wear a hoodie and it'll go in. And they're, they're so sweet and friendly. Yeah, so those are my favorite pets. Bethany, that's my favorite answer to this question. You haven't gotten a pet rat, you know? No, but and just because of where you are, of course. We both, I've lived in New York many years and you're there now. And the fact that you could have said any animal after lizard, any animal, and you went with a rat, I think it's just beautiful. Well, the funny thing too is rats have been in the news lately because I guess there's more of a push against rats these days, but all the quotes I've heard are so funny. The rats were quoted? There was some politician, I forget the context, but I saw it and I was dying. It was like, rats don't run this city. We do. It's like a rally cry. And I'm like, we at war with rats. Really? Who declared that? Was it Boss Tweed? Who, who would do that? at this point in time and call a war against the rats. Does whoever say that know that they don't even have internet or any of that? Why would they know? I forget who it was. It was something related to the garbage infrastructure needs. Hilarious. So big fight against the rats in New York. 
Bethany, I loved your answer. Thank you so much for that one. Bethany, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? What gets you back on track? Yeah. So if it's just in the middle of the day and things are kind of wild and I'm trying to refocus, I'll just go to the wall and hold a handstand for a minute. I can't do a handstand on my own, but against a wall I can, which is part of the reason a lot of my walls have footprints on them. It just gets the blood flowing. It changes your perspective, literally. It's also very hard to do it even against a wall, but that's my quick refocus. And then I'd say if it's something bigger than maybe a handstand won't clear my head, but it's more about uh-huh. the right people and trying to think out loud with other people who might know more about what's going on than I do. I like the physical angle of what's going on there with the handstand, right? Like automatically you go like, oh my God, that sounds ridiculous. But then you're like, no, what you're doing is you want blood to rush to your head. I'm not a doctor or any good at this, but I listen to what people do to feel better, like cold treatment and whatnot, and taking super cold showers and walking around when it's very cold, getting sunlight in your eyes early in the morning so you feel more alert. I feel like that's very similar. One of the things that I saw, it wasn't do a handstand, but they're like, here's an easy way of doing it. Go on your bed and like put your head over the edge. And oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? That's just like a handstand oh, with training wheels. <laughs> Bethany, what's the worst advice you've ever received? I can't think of a specific time, but over the last few years, I've noticed a type of advice that's really bad, which is when people will make assumptions about other people and the way they think. And it's almost always wrong. They're usually saying the context of like, oh, if you put this out, no one's going to like it. Or the opposite, which is equally dangerous of like, yeah, put it out. People will love that. And it just never holds. Advice that you receive within the vehicle of a sweeping generalization is usually bad advice. Is that what you're saying? Specifically about like other people are going to feel this way. If someone's like, hey, I feel this way and I bet more people feel like I feel, like that's actually very good advice. But when someone is trying to guess how someone else thinks, they're almost always wrong. People were telling us before, you know, when we were just getting started, I remember uh-huh. the number of sales managers particularly, this was like pre-COVID, right? Pre-everyone's on Zoom days. The number of sales managers telling me, oh, women will never want to be on camera. That it's like, okay. What? Yeah. No way. Because we're like, oh, you know, we have this video platform. You can record something. They're like, I would never ask the women on my team. They would hate that, you know? And then you talk to women and they're like, oh, this sounds really cool. Like, help me do it right. So it's- Help me do it right. Not convince me to do it. It's help me do it right. I want to do it, but just help me do it correctly. Yeah. And then the other vein is people saying, oh, you should sell to this market that I'm not in and nothing about. Sell to this market will love it. And then you talk to them in the market and they're like, that's literally not what we do or how we think at all. So I just said that's like a trend. And then I really try to internalize that and realize it's really hard to make assumptions about the way other people think. If you catch yourself making an assumption, even about like a team member or someone you're working with or thinking, why am I thinking that? I'm going to ask for clarification. And often there's another layer that you miss. So I've learned to dissect that advice very. Remember your PDF offer letter when you were a candidate interviewing? Now, offer letters, they haven't changed in decades. They still look the same. Do you know how much more excited your candidates would be if they actually understood their equity, their benefits, their salary, their growth potential? I feel like the company I'm about to join is truly looking out for me, for their people. And with a market for talent being more competitive than ever, you should consider differentiating yourself where few others have. See for yourself at complete.so. That's complete.so. 
Thank you, Bethany. What are some of the unexpected things that you learned about your customer and the value that they get from your product? Maybe a use case that you hadn't thought of. Yeah, this has honestly been the coolest part of running the company is seeing where the product goes because there's been so many things that you know I didn't expect starting it. But really, when we started SunSpark, my background was marketing. And the big reason we started was I was trying to figure out how do we connect with customers at like the very top of funnel? How do we get that first conversation? And our name SendSpark really comes from send a video, spark a conversation. And we're focused on email automation, outreach, and first touch. But over time, we've really seen the product evolve to be more of a full cycle customer journey product where people are definitely using it for that first touch, but also for sending follow-up videos after calls, re-engaging people, announcing new features, onboarding, and a lot of customer success. And it was like, oh, cool. This is way more valuable than we even realized and more of a communication tool versus just an outreach tool. That's been cool. I think that's great. So the original thesis was send spark, send something to start the conversation not necessarily to continue it. In your head, you're like, this is just to kick it off. You continue the conversation in the legacy, the traditional methods on the phone or on a Zoom chat, right? Mm -hmm. You're saying that you've learned that it's helpful for onboarding. I imagine the async nature of a lot of these companies these days. Onboarding, it's helpful for that. Customer success, they can do it whenever they like. They have the same face that they've seen in their original conversation or subsequent conversations. And it's a great just overall communications tool is what you saw. It's not just a conversation starting tool. Exactly. The market's speaking to you and it's driving where the product is going to be. Start something that you know can kind of help someone. And then if it does really well, the market itself kind of points you where you need to go. I think it's so important to be receptive to feedback and adaptive and try to figure out what do people need right now? And then also be a little bit predictive of, okay, this is what people need right now, but what are they going to need in six months? months that we need to build right now. So it's in a really good spot for them. And so it's a mix of getting feedback, kind of being told what to do, and then also making our own guesses. Okay. If people are trying to do this and these other factors might come into play, how do we prepare and make sure that we have the right thing ready for them when they're going to need it? And that's yeah, been super exciting. Bethany, thank you so much for that answer. We have arrived at the billboard question. It happens to be everyone's favorite question. Here we go. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Send it. Just send it. It's funny because we were talking about this right before the call and you were saying, I scheduled this meeting so fast. And I think that's how I feel about things. If you're going to do it, send it. If you're not going to do it, don't do it, but don't not do it for a long time. And this is what we're saying when people are recording videos and they want things to be perfect. We're like, just send it. They're not trying to be perfect. You're trying to connect and connecting is being authentic and real. Let um, it rip. And I, let it rip. I feel like this applies to most things. I'm sure there's tons of exceptions where it doesn't, but people need to get out of their own heads and just send it. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're looking at Niagara Falls and you feel like you want to jump in there, that's probably a moment where you don't want to send it. You want to take a second and be like, my entire family's here. I'm not going to do this in front of them. <laughs> got it. Oh my God, that got dark. Send it is fantastic. It's like, so this was off air. This is when we were kind of starting the conversation. And something that I really admire about Bethany is this, is her send it attitude. And she just explained it. I had asked her on Monday if she wanted to be on the podcast. And people usually schedule things a week, two weeks out. You schedule it within 48 hours. And I like giving people 48 hours with the questions. <laughs> so you got these about 10 hours beforehand. And you showed it when you were at our uh, New York Startup Guild event in Brooklyn. We were looking 
looking for panelists to speak to a room full of strangers and you couldn't have been more, yeah, let's do it. And I remember in that moment being like, she just doesn't feel fear or just there's no hesitancy there. And I think that's something that's really admirable. And I take a lot of energy and inspiration from that from you. Thank you. Definitely moments of feeling fear. But yeah, I think for a lot of things, if you're going to do it, just try to do it. And of course, there's situations where you might say no, but if you're going to do it, like with the podcast, I was like, of course, I want to do it. But I don't want it to be something that, you know, you see on the calendar and you're like, oh, and have to think about, let's just do it. Just get going. And really cool. see, like, how much are you really going to prepare? Like more than 48 hours. It's like, okay, if I know it's happening. Bethany, thank you so much for that answer. Tell me and tell our listeners, what's next for SenseSpark and where can we go to learn a little bit more? What we're focusing on right now is really trying to create a new category around hybrid personalization. The idea is that, you know, in sales, you really have to have a personal touch. The personal touch is essential. And our goal is how do we help you keep that personal touch and personalize what needs to be personalized, but then automate everything else. So it's super fast and scalable and something you're actually going to do and not something you're going to be like, oh, I want to be personal. Let me wait till I have time. No one ever has time. No one ever has time. So we're focused on hybrid personalization of making it really fast and efficient to record key snippets of a video, like a custom introduction, and then combine it with another video or being able to take one video that's more general, like an overview of your product, a new feature, and then automatically add your viewers' first names or contact names or something else to the video thumbnail. So you're able to just add these personal touches and automate as much as possible. But, you know, it's not AI or defake or anything inauthentic. It's just about yeah. making sure that personal touch is pristine and everything else is fast and efficient. We're building a lot in this area. We've re- been releasing new features in it too. So if anyone wants to try it out, you can go to sensebark.com. We also just added a seven day free trial. So you can sign up and try anything completely free for seven days. And then we also have a free forever plan that you can continue using that's more limited. But yeah, would love people to try it out. I think it's really valuable. And like I was saying, super helpful with prospecting, which was kind of our original use case. But now we're seeing use cases across the entire sales cycle. So we'd love people to use it and also provide feedback for how we can make it better. Awesome. You hear that, listeners? We've got a free trial and there's a free forever plan. What kind of music? Oh, what is this? What did you put here? You literally put a playlist. Uh, Let me click into this. Okay, cool. So that's the kind of music that you like. So I'm going to make my own list for you. Then we're going to put on there. I'm bad at research music. So I'll find something I like. I add it to the list and I just listen to the same thing every day. I think until you completely are like, I can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then I start over with a slightly different genre or theme or try to steal someone else's playlist as a baseline. I'm trying to not OD. I OD on songs. It's what happens. Change has to come about because I, I OD'd on Blank Space, the Taylor Swift song, and I just, I never thought I would. So I need to look inward and figure out what's going on because I can't have Taylor Swift songs just become completely irrelevant in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bethany, who do you think we should interview next? So I would interview Josh Factor, founder and CEO of Update AI. He's also based in New York. I think his product is really cool. They're actually the only reason I still use Zoom. They're platform update AI. It's like a Zoom plugin that listens to calls and takes notes and action items for you. And it's pretty new. They just raised from Zoom and launched pretty recently. And I think he's great, super knowledgeable about the space. And they're really focused on customer success. So I would say definitely talk to him. He'll be very interesting. That's awesome. I'm literally going to snippet this and I'm going to send him an audiogram of you saying you should probably interview this person. Send him a sense spark. I'm going to send him a sense spark. Bethany, we did it. We've arrived at the end of our interview. Thank you for joining us on I'm Not Selling You Anything. I guess my final question is, how'd we do? (laughs) Well, it was great for me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me and preparing such great questions. Thank you so much, Bethany, for jumping on and I'll catch you in the Slack. All right.
Thanks. I'll see you. Bethany, you're a gem. Thanks again for coming through. Can't wait to keep the relationship going and to continue to grow our two companies in 2023 and beyond. Next time you're down here in Austin, we're going to order enough brisket to make the entire state of California fall into the Pacific Ocean. And by the way, thanks to you, listeners, for sticking with us. Tune in next week when I interview an old man named Willie Nelson. <laughs>